by now we can speak about masks because everybody agrees that you have to wear masks. Finally, from top to bottom, everybody agrees it's an important thing. Some people say the masks are not really effective. The regular mask that we wear, the blue, white mask that everybody is wearing, it's good for three hours, some doctors say. How you know if it's not good anymore? If it gets stuck, stuck to your mouth, you know it's, it's already not effective. But it's not about the effectiveness of the mask. It's just wearing it. You know, a shaitl, I'm sure you all know about shaitlach. A shaitl is a wig that women, religious women wear to cover their hair. The whole purpose of a shaitl is to cover the natural hair. Some people say, but the shaitl, the hair of the shaitl is nicer than the natural hair. Then what's the point to wear a shaitl when she looks more beautiful than the regular hair? The answer is not we want the woman, God forbid, to not look beautiful. Wearing a shaitl is a statement. A reminder to the woman herself that she's married and to everybody around her. And to remind everyone to keep social distancing from this woman. She's married. Not to touch, not to even get too close. The same thing is with the mask. We are here to, wearing the mask is a statement that this person is keeping social distancing. Don't get too close, don't touch, don't get too friendly. He's serious about this, this virus. And this is a reminder to himself and to everybody around him. That's what's so important about the mask. But in, like Jews always looking for something, where is this written in the Torah? Where is a mask in the Torah? Anybody ever in the Torah was wearing a mask? Yes, the answer is yes. And it was Moses. When he came down the second time from Mount Sinai with the second set of tablet, it was on Yom Kippur. He came down and he saw how Aaron and the rest of the Jewish people are shying away from him. They're moving away. They're afraid of him. He didn't know why. He called them in, please come here. They told them that his face is shining. There is a radiance on his face, a light, such a holy light that they were afraid to, to get close to him. He got close to him, he told them what God told them. And after he told them the word of God, Moses started to wear a mask because people were afraid to get close to him. That used to wear a mask cover and his face with places for the, whole, for the eyes. And whenever he used to go into God to speak to God, he used to take off the mask. And after he heard the words of God, he used to go out and say the words of God to the Jewish people without the mask. But after he finished his mission, he put on his mask that when people were busy to talk to him about, about, um, mundane things, regular business, they were talking, they were speaking to him while he had a mask. And Moses was the one who was wearing a mask because he had this radiance, this shining light of God from his face. And the question is, what happened that this, we got the radiance from God, 
The first time when he came down from Mount Sinai, after 40 days, he had the first tablet, when the Jewish people made a golden calf and he broke the tablets, it's not written that Moses came down from Mount Sinai and he had a shining face, he had a radiance, his face was beaming, none. It's only written about when he came down from Mount Sinai the second time. Then the message is asking, what's the different? The first time he was for 40 days and he got a set of tablets. The second time he was 40 set and he got a set of tablets. Why is it that he got this special gift of radiance of his face only by the second time? And there is a book, it's called The Book or the Teaching of Elijah the Prophet. Elijah the prophet used to come to a rabbi who lived around 1800 years ago, reveal himself to him, he was as an angel, and, and teach him, uh, give him some teachings of Torah. And he wrote it in a book, and the book is called Tonot Ve'elio, The Teachings of the Yeshiva of Elijah. And I have the book in my house, and everybody can buy it. And there, he's asking this question. And Elijah gives him a very interesting parable. Says there is a, is he gives a parable of a king who was once got very angry with his oldest son, with his firstborn son. And he told his and he told his chief of staff, take him and make sure he's being executed. He did something very, very terrible that upset his father very much. The chief of staff took his son, took the son of the king, and hid him in a nearby village. 30 days passed, and the king made a big party. All his children, his grandchildren, his friend, his closest advisors, and yet he was in a very good mood. Suddenly, his face turned white, it became very sad. Nobody understood what happened. Why is he so sad? But the chief of staff, he knew why he said, why the king is sad. He realized the king is remembering his oldest son and he said he's missing him. He gave an order and they called him, they brought his son back. As the son walked into the party, the king, the father got so over, full of joy. He was so excited, he was so happy that the chief of staff did not kill him. And he had next to him a beautiful crown full of diamonds, shining diamonds and gems. And he gave this crown to the chief of staff as a present. That's a parable. What's the story that the, that, that the Medrash wants to say, that the Elijah wants to tell us? God, by the, by the time the Jewish people were worshiping the golden calf, when Moses came down with the first set of tablets, God wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And it was Moses who stood up for them. And he told God, if you destroy them, destroy me too. And by the time Moses came back to, to Mount Sinai the second time, God was very happy that Moses was ready to risk his life and he saved the Jewish people. And for this, he gave him this gift of the radiance from his face, this shining light of godliness that came from Moses' face. Anybody who saw a real tzaddik, knows what this shining face means. I saw the Rebbe used to see this light. You can just imagine what Moses said, what kind of light that Moses had. He got it as a present 
for, for giving his life, for sacrificing his life for the sake of the Jewish people. This Shabbos is called Shabbat Chazon. The Shabbos is for Tishibov. Usually every Shabbat does not have a name. It's Shabbat. There is a few Shabbos here, I think five Shabbos that have a special name. One of them is the Shabbos before Tishibov. It's called Shabbat Chazon. Why it's called Chazon? Named after the Aftorah that we're going to read in the synagogue on Shabbat. Starts with the word Chazon Ishayahu, the vision of Isaiah. It's on the book of Isaiah, chapter one, that describes the vision that Isaiah is speaking about. He has harsh words to tell the Jewish people about the upcoming destruction of the temple. This coming week, next Thursday, Wednesday night, we're going to commemorate, to celebrate, to not celebrate, but commemorate Tishabov, to observe Tishabov. Tishabov is the day that we commemorate the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem, as well as the second temple in Jerusalem, on the same day. In the Shabbat before Tishabov, we're reading about the upcoming destruction of the temple. But the name of the Aftorah, the beginning, and the name of the Shabbat became Chazon. It came Rabbi Levi Yitzchok of Bardichev, one of the most famous Hasidic masters, and he said, Chazon means a vision. God is showing a vision of the third temple to every Jew. And this Shabbat, you see the future, you see the coming of Moshiach, you see the third temple. But I didn't see it last year. Maybe you guys saw it. I didn't. And what's the point? God, he says God is showing the vision of the temple, but you cannot see it. But the Rebbe once pointed out, yes, God is showing it. The problem is we are staying too far. We don't have good eyesight. If he would be a little closer, we would see it. Just we have to get a little closer. But how you get closer? In the end of the same Torah, it gives us the answer how we get closer to God. How we are able to see the future. The, where the Jewish people are going towards the coming of Moshiach, towards a perfect world. You get closer. With the last verse of the Torah is, Zion b'mishpat tipadeh b'shaveh b'tzedakah. Zion will be redeemed. Zion means Jerusalem. Zion means the Jewish people will be redeemed. It will be come back to, to the land of Israel, to the Holy Land. We will restore our relationship with God by tzedakah and mishpat, by studying Torah and by giving charity. The during the week, it's very easy. You can learn a little Torah. You put a few coins in your charity box. You fulfill the two things. But what do you do on Shabbat? You cannot give money on Shabbat. You can make a pledge. Yeah, any synagogue is collecting pledges on Shabbat. Why not? But you cannot actually do the mitzvah of charity. And what do you do? That the regular ways, you can give a poor man a piece of bread. Or where are you going to find in Solonai or in the synagogue a poor man who needs a piece of bread from you? And besides, in today, in Corona days, who wants to take, it only has to, be, has to be sanitized, and it has to be this, nobody's taking from anybody anything. God provided us with a golden opportunity to do charity, to wear the mask. Why? 
Because the mask, as we all know, is not so much to protect yourself because it doesn't really protect yourself much. Mainly it's protecting other people if you are sick. And the whole idea of the mask is not so much for you, it's as much as it for other people. And this is the concept of, of, doing, of, um, making, of doing charity. Just by having a mask, you can help other people. Especially, that's not just charity. If you're infecting somebody, it could bring that will be to death. It's a matter of life saving. And if he would do it for himself, that is not ultimate charity because he's doing it for himself and also for somebody else. But if he's doing it, he doesn't like it. He's only doing it because to protect other people. That's true charity and kindness and love of your fellow man. The Rebbe used to go to his father-in-law's gravesite to the oil twice a week in my times. He used to go there to read, to pray for all the letters, all the people asking for prayers. But the day used to go to the oil, we call it, to the gravesite of the previous Rebbe, he didn't eat. He used to drink, but he didn't eat. He basically kind of fasting, but he was drinking. It wasn't a complete fast. He was drinking, but not eating. He used to leave, I remember so many, many times, he used to leave early afternoon, one or two o'clock, and come back six, seven o'clock at night. And then he used, to, he used to take with him the whole bag of letters that he got over the week or whatever it is, and read all the letters there and pray for these people and leave the, the, the letters on his father-in-law's gravesite. He used to come back to Cow Nights, used to pray the evening service, and then go home to break his fast. One time in the late 60s, the Rebbe arrived back late at night, late in the evening, it was eight, in the summer, eight o'clock at night. He prayed the evening service, Mincha, and then he walked into his room, and the secretary asked him, when is Marif service? He says, in an hour. Secretary walked out, he was completely lost. In an hour, it means the Rebbe is going to fast another hour and only then go home to, to eat something today. He didn't know what to do. He goes over to a very old Hasidic Jew. His name was Rabbi Shmuel Levitin. Very smart man, very wise man, and was very close to the Rebbe. He told him, Reb Shmuel, the Rebbe said he's davening Mairiv, he's praying the service in an hour, and it's another hour of fasting. Why? He told them, he smiled, he told them, tell the Rebbe that I want to come in for a second. I want to say something. Reb Shmuel walked into the Rebbe, and he told the Rebbe that there are yeshiva students, they only go to eat supper after the Rebbe davens the evening service, the Mariv service. And they will wait until the Rebbe davens. And he walked out. Five minutes later, the Rebbe came out for the, Marifs, for the evening service. What really happened there? He knew he will walk into the Rebbe, he will start to tell him, it's not good for your health, you didn't eat anything, you should go. The Rebbe was not a youngster. At that time, the Rebbe was almost 70 years old. You have to go home, you have to take care of your health. He wouldn't go anywhere. He just walked in and he said, there are yeshiva students who will eat dinner an hour late 
because of you, basically. That worked like a miracle. Five minutes later, the Rebbe came out for the evening service. What do you learn from it? Many people say, I don't even believe in the mask. I don't think we need it. Even more, when you come to a place around you and you know that other people will be at ease, will, be, will be, feel better if you wear a mask, that's a pure mitzvah. You don't do it for yourself. You don't believe in it. You don't need it. You think it's crazy, but you do it for somebody else. That's the ultimate mitzvah. And what is such a small thing to do? Yeah, it's not comfortable, it's itchy. What is a little bit of itchiness compared to having the opportunity to do a mitzvah that this is, it's like chesed shalemet, true kindness. You don't do it for yourself, you just do it for others. And when you do things for others, even completely for others, God would also do things for you, even it's nothing for them though, just for you. Thank you all for joining me. And uh, next week you can join Wednesday night, the service, the Tisha service.